Welcome to the third episode of Outpace. We have a founder, we have a owner and operator of Snapcall on the podcast this week. And we're excited to pick Arnaud's brain and go through what a founder mentality really is when it comes to customer experience, what founders actually look for in onboarding. We have been really poking around the SaaS industry. In the next couple of weeks, we'll really talk to founders in SaaS companies that are helping customer experience teams and support teams run faster than ever. And so we're really excited to get this conversation going. As always, we appreciate all of the love that we've been getting on LinkedIn. Make sure you go join our group. We have an Outpace group. We post jobs every single Wednesday and we post the podcast every single Thursday. And so make sure you're in our LinkedIn group as well as subscribing to our Substack. And we have articles, uh, multiple articles that come out each week. And of course, the podcast that you can listen to. We're also starting a series uh, with myself, uh, Uh, just doing a solo podcast every Friday that will touch on something that I'm thinking about that week inside of customer experience and what um, life of a director of customer experience is going through as we're thinking through shifts and changes and things like that. And so very excited to get that going. But as always, we appreciate all of the listeners of Outpace out there. And uh, we have just appreciated all of the uh, love that we've gotten from the Outpace community. So subscribe to that Substack. make sure you join our LinkedIn group and uh, in Enjoy the podcast from Arnaud. All right. Well, today I am blessed with having Arnaud from Snapcall talking about CX, and he has an incredible platform, and he has founded one of the leaders in innovation for the CX world. And so we're super excited to have him, and we're super excited to talk more about customer experience and what brought him to the space, and now why he's changing it and wanting to uh, elevate some of the customer experience teams around uh, the world. And so Arnaud, Thank you for thank you so much for coming on and thank you for uh, spending some time with me today and uh, yeah welcome on. Thank you, Clayton. Thank you for the invitation. Uh, I'm very pleased to be here uh, today or tonight with uh, for me because I'm based in France and this morning for you. So yeah, uh, happy to to share let's say some CX experience uh, tip as well and uh, where we have been why we've been building a snap call. So yeah, just a, a quick summary. Um, that I've been, uh, I was working on this, uh, let's say, customer relation industry and telco industry for some years. Uh, I was working for big American company. Uh, uh, I was saying it was telco, Verizon, or it was contact center platform, Avaya. So I was really, really involved in, let's say, how those tools could really help uh, companies and customers to exchange better. And, um, and of course, when you start to work for some years in a, in a, in a, in a specific area, uh, you start to find some ideas how you are, uh, you are going to improve, let's say, some, some way of engaging. In our case, it was engaging customer and online customer, uh, with uh, companies. And we have started this, this story with uh, this journey with Thomas, uh, which, uh, I founded the company. Uh, because we are, let's say, we were technical guys and we saw that we, there were new technology going on on the internet. It was WebRTC. It's a way how you can connect uh, directly from the browser to, uh, let's say, uh, to companies. And we started to, to, to be like uh, having a vision of saying, okay, customer will be online. And, uh, and of course, they, they want to have some information and how they are going to connect with companies. Of course, you can do with a text, like a chat, or it could be messaging now. And uh, we are always thinking that uh, talking to a human would be very nice uh, with a voice call or a video call. And this has started like that, of course, five 
year and a half, uh, video was still not really ready because uh, video has been really popping up uh, during the COVID uh, uh, timing. So this was the beginning of our story, how to connect better online customers and, and company. And, uh, and of course, uh, it's nice to say that because it's a vision, but after you have to execute it and to see how you can make it happen. And, um, but of course, when you have the background, it helps uh to to achieve let's say your your vision and uh yes we started and uh and now we are yeah uh, let's say having quite successful let's say uh experience we are bringing nice experience uh to the market so this is let's say the beginning of snapcall yeah, I, I absolutely love it. I, and the rundown that you're giving is uh, really one that has evolved over time. And I've had the pleasure of watching Snapcall evolve uh, and give features and really empower uh, support teams. And that's the biggest thing that I think any company is trying to do is see they see a problem and they're going to go solve it. And Snapcall certainly solves uh, a host of problems as you know they have created this connection point between a user and a support agent and not only bridging the gap of efficiency, but also making sure that you're connecting with users the way they want to be connected. Uh, I say probably every podcast, so write this off your bingo card. I always say we live in a TikTok world. We like video. We like face-to-face -face interaction. And so Snapcall is one of those companies that has really uh, brought us into the new age of being able to connect with a support team and a support agent face-to-face -face, um, and being able to you know walk around your application and stuff like that. And so so uh, I, I love the summary, but I, I really want to know from your standpoint, and it's fascinating always talking to founders and really, you know, what they were trying to solve and what they went after. But, you know, for you or not, like, what do you, what did you guys see in the marketplace or what did you guys see in the customer experience world um, that made you guys jump at creating a piece of technology that, you know, video conference people together um, inside of, you know, Zendesk or Intercom or a, a support platform? What did you guys see in the marketplace that you saw as a gap? So, so in fact, we, we, we saw two, two big uh, trends. The first one was um, there is a, a gap uh, on the customer relation, uh, let's say, uh, market. We have a lot of text. Uh, people send email, they send some chats, they send some messaging. This is a new, uh, let's say, uh, channel of, of interaction and, and voice. But we see that on many of those channels that has been, you know, uh, incorporated in some big platform like Zendesk, you were mentioning live chat, intercom, um, there is many use cases now that are uh, opening on the market uh, cannot be addressed with those uh, current channels. Like if you want to share your screen, for example, if you want to during an onboarding, and finally, uh, you would be needing to share your screen or you you won't even go for a sales, let's say, uh, uh, purchase and you need to talk to somebody and you need to see it, you need to see the product. Or if you go to a support and you want to just show that your product has been damaged or, or it doesn't work and you need some help. So in fact, what we first saw on the market is definitely a need for a new channel uh, on the customer relation market. And this was video. And when we say video, it's a voice, video and screen sharing. And of course, uh, we need that as well. Uh, this to be really embedded on the current uh, channels that exist, because you know we start with a chatbot, you go with a chat, and after you can go to a voice video call, or you go for a messaging uh, and the same. So we really see this need of bringing the new channel on the customer relation, and we saw as well that video 
that was going very strongly, and especially during COVID, was very good for collaboration. So today we have big players for video collaboration. We talk about Google Meet. We talk about uh, Microsoft or Zoom. So this is a very big market, and we saw that this has been really growing by 10, I think, during the COVID. And we saw as well that... Uh, that it, it's only one need, collaboration between people that know each other, they, they synchronize through a calendar. We saw a second market on video opening. It was all about webinar event. Uh, and we saw some big player going to that, to that space. And, and, and finally, again, coming back to the customer relation, we saw that video was as well requested on the customer relation. And Clayton, you were saying about TikTok. You know, today we are trying to, to, to see that video is it for which generation? Because, you know, you have always to build for all generation, but if you all, always build for the old one, uh, probably you are going to collapse your business. So you have to think about the new one uh, as well. And, uh, and when, for example, you see them on WhatsApp, just recording some voice message or uh, video message going to a live interaction. So we really saw that need for this specific business. Uh, and again, of course, it's a video, but the use is different because it's between end customer going online and a, and a company. So it's usually not uh, between people that know each other and there's probably something to buy or to sell or even to, to get support from it. So we saw these two trends on the market and, um, and coming back to these two trends, we didn't go to, to sell a standalone product. What we wanted to see is how we could really, let's say, uh, build in uh, some existing platform, conversational platform, because we talk a lot about conversational. You create a conversation uh, with you and your customer, a company and its customer. So we wanted to take advantage as uh, from those platforms that runs a lot of already experience, CX experience, uh, and to see how we could really leverage those existing channels, existing conversations. So this was our, let's say, beginning beginning of the story. Needs, how we can solve this, and how the market is, is changing. Because again, COVID has changed a lot. Uh, people want to have the same, uh, let's say, experience and going to a shop. And it's what we are going to bring uh, online. So this is where, yes, we go. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely fascinating. That that really uh, transition between um, pre COVID and post COVID, and that changing, you know, your business in its entirety, and the ability for you guys to pivot has been obviously really important for you guys. I have a question based on that, actually, just going off of, you know, your guys' pivot and your, you guys seeing COVID as a pivot. Right now, we're in a really pivotal time. It seems like chat GPT and these things that you probably hear at nauseum, um, yeah. as especially somebody who has such a technical background like you and the rest of uh, you guys at Snapcall. But, you know, how do you see potential uh, innovations like AI and like virtual reality and things like that come into play for your business and, you know, the rest of the customer experience world? It's a fantastic opportunity, I would say. First, it's just crazy experience on, on ChatGPT or OpenAI. You know, you can find a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of use case. When we, 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 we saw it, uh, and it was new, you know, it was from the day to the other, like everybody started to talk about ChatGPT. So first, we just have to acknowledge that what they have done, it's just amazing. And of course, you know, uh, you don't have to fear about this new technology. You just have to find a way to use them. And, um, 
And in fact, we had um, we were building a, a product uh, that is today uh, available, and uh, and it was a great way that ChatGPT was there. So you say we had to pivot during COVID, but we are making some new change with ChatGPT. So. Uh, of course, because I, I was talking about video uh, and, and our product takes video uh, sometimes for just recording, you know, because uh, again, uh, live video is nice. Uh, it's the ultimate experience between an online customer and an agent. But we have uh, also a product that if you just want uh, to give some some information to a company, so let's say I'm a I'm an end user and I just want to say that... Uh, I don't know my uh, radio is broken or something has been broken. So I, we 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 have this video uh, tools that you just click and you you say you are just saying what what's what is about and you are just filming your your product, and uh, and, and it now goes to uh, let's say we, we we record all the video we we put it on the ticket and everything, and now what we 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 are we are using now ChatGPT just to make the transcript and a summary of the video. Because, you know, when somebody starts to say, I have an issue with this product or I cannot connect it here, I've tried several times and everything. So it's nice. So it means the agent will have all information. But of course, what you want, if you are an agent and you want to be very efficient first, you will need to have all the summary of the conversation uh, that could be for two minutes. So us, we have seen that as a big big, uh, let's say, opportunity for us. Uh, this will be ready uh, in production this week. So it means that, you know, from, let's say, a month, we are already working on it. And, and you know, again, video is a very good content. Voice, video, and screen sharing is good content. And now you just need to see how you can go even faster. And if you connect with ChatGPT, it's, go uh, it's going to be a very big change for us. But of course, this is one application that it's very connected to us, but otherwise, I see many people, and you see Intercom, for example, or Live Chat, that are starting to uh, answer for their agent or propose some answers to their agents. That's 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 crazy. I mean, that's really crazy. So it's going to be ma <laughs> yeah. major change for those guys. Yes, absolutely. And, and I think that major changes uh, are a good thing. And I think that a lot of times we sh shy away from change, or you know, many different departments or even companies shy away from changes like this. But it seems like over the course of the past month, as AI has really blossomed into this like public headline, it seems like people are really embracing it in a good way to where it, it, I think everybody realizes that uh, there's some adapting that needs to happen. There's some adaptability that we need to incorporate in some of the companies that uh, or in some of the people that maybe we manage or maybe are, are as part of the team. And uh, it doesn't mean that jobs are necessarily going away. It just means those jobs may be changing. And in a good way, you can do your job faster. How does that sound? Right? Like that sounds awesome. Like nobody yeah. wants to do their job worse today than they did, you know, yesterday. So uh, I think that this is all, uh, all, all to say that this is something that is going to, you know, push uh, technology forward, which is awesome. Um, you know, Kind of uh, compounding on the changes that you guys are making and some of the changes that AI potentially is going to incur in your business. And, you know, you guys, I, I don't know another company besides Snapcall that, you know, adapts and just like runs towards things as they come. Um, but 
I want to know from your standpoint, you know, over the past couple of years, as you're scaling your business and being a founder in your business, how the scaling has gone and how, you know, getting internal employees, how that process has been um, and you identifying the needs versus uh, having to, you know, identify the costs in some situations and how you guys have really planned out that that the last couple of years and what your plans are here in the next couple of years uh, when it comes to scalability. Because I think that this is a big struggle for not only founders, but just leaders of departments. Uh, what should I project or forecast first, you know, what I should actually expect and what's the reality of the situation? So uh, tell me a little bit about your scaling process and the way that you have uh, scaled your teams. Yeah. Um, and especially on the last two, three years, uh, I think that before you could really, uh, let's say, plan your scaling. And uh, But I think everything has changed. We started COVID and everybody was saying, you have to fire people because we don't know what's going to happen. Finally, during COVID, we saw that all the digital companies were going up. And finally, we had uh, some other events, uh, the war. And uh, now it's it again, we see a recession coming up. So the first thing that uh, there is no... There is no easy job to 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 really plan those. For us, there are two different uh, components that are very important: the scaling of our technology, make sure that what we are building is uh, strong for thousands of customers, and of course, the second point: I, there is no order and the scaling of the team. Uh, when we, what is I believe really important to scale the team is always to have. Uh, the the minimum team that you can have for years. So it's like they are not founders, but they are part of the team of founders. So it means that you have a team of like 10 people that you make sure that whatever happened, they will be there. You will be able to develop. And of course, you can take more people going on, on this team, but you need to have this very stable team that will, whatever happened, will stay with you and will make sure that the company will still reach their goal. And uh, and after, you just have to adapt according to some cycle of the company. Sometimes you say, okay, because you try when you're a startup, you try. Sometimes you want to have a sales team, but finally you see that uh, inbound is more marketing. So you have to have that more with marketing team. Or when you start to have inbound, you say, okay, finally, now the, the good thing is to have customer success manager or customer support manager. So, you mean that at each time of your product and how the growth is coming, yes, you have to adapt. But the first thing that you need to have your basic team that will never leave the company will be there forever and to make sure that it's going to work, whatever. And of course, after you, you are building it stronger and stronger. I, I really believe that now because COVID has, I think it's, it's over and uh, the recession will be over. I'm quite confident about, and you know, as a founder, you have to be confident about the economy. Otherwise, <laughs> you don't build anything. Yeah. So, um, but I'm sure that yes, now we are going to still going on and grow grow the team because we have some other new challenges and uh, we are getting new customer and we want to be very very close to the customer. So this is the first thing. And about scaling the, the technology. And I think this is the first thing you you do. Of course, you experiment. So sometimes you go to a direction. Uh, you, for example, we started to have a, a stack. It was many voice, and finally we ended to have selling only video. So you have to adapt your technology. But of course, you have to always think about what you are going to build. It's really for one, five, ten customers, a thousand of customers. And as we have a technical background, this was a, a very, very strange when we did it because 
we wanted to prove our customer that they did the right choice. And uh, sometimes we had some so, uh, customer that had 10 or 20 agents get up to 500. So we needed to be ready for those guys. And uh, yes, so always you have to think about flexibility, but you have to, to build always strengths, things, whatever it's about human, whatever it's about technology. Oh man, I feel like there's like a thousand gold nuggets in there, but I want to go back to one thing that I thought was really important uh, regarding your team and having your core team that may not be founders. They may not have been there day one, uh, but your core team that you can lean on. Are the, has there been some effective strategies that you've used? You know, why do people stay at Snapcall and why wouldn't they go to somewhere else? I know that we often talk about pay and, you know, paying people this inordinate amount of money to keep people on. But, but I think the last couple of years is really, um, it, things have come into focus more of treating people correctly making sure that they feel part of the team, things like that. Do you have strategies on your team and at your company, uh, that you use to keep your, you know, most effective employees? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't work all the time. Uh, but I can say that today, uh, it, it has worked. I, I really believe that the project we are building should be a common project. Okay. At the beginning, you have a vision and, you know, two founders started to, to build the company. Okay. But at the end, you have to get something that people are proud about doing it. And I think this is the first reason why they stay. What they do, they are proud and it's going to, to be strong or we are going to have a, a, a position that we could be leading something. Okay. So I think this is motivation. Number one is to do something that they, are, they will be proud and we are proud of it. Second thing is, is, and it's, if I talk, uh, if I'm talking about dev guys, about the interest of what they are doing technically, what they learn, how they can use new technology. So, and how they can reach on new challenges. And this is one thing important. If we talk about product, uh, yes, they, they need to dream about what they are building. They need to say that, okay, they are building something like we did for, for video. It was one step and we were very proud, but finally, we started to say, oh, okay, we have new ideas. So every every time we need a lot of uh, innovation and usually for product uh, and design, uh, this drives them very much to the next step. So in fact, we need to bring innovation, innovation that helps companies, help customers. So in our case, uh, and again, for marketing and sales to have the right product to, to be delivering on the market. So... Otherwise, so this is the second point. Third point, you have to give them the right conditions. And uh, of course, when you're a startup uh, and you see scale up and uh, of course it could get more, uh, but you know, you, you, you try to adapt. You have to find some solution. Uh, if it's not a salary, it could be a salary plus a combo with a stock options or something like that. So we really believe that could be helping. Sometimes it, it doesn't help uh, because they don't see the future of the company. But again, if they, they get into that and mean that they, they believe that the company will go to the right direction. At the point that they think that we don't go, or for example, they think, oh, we don't go the right direction. Yeah, in that case, the trust is, is broken. And when the trust is broken, people are leaving. And it, it, it's a hard balance because sometimes you don't have the ideas, so you rely on the team to make it happen. So in fact, the motivation, the vision, it's not only one or two people, it's all the team. But when everybody is around and think about that, yes, of course, you can keep your team for your core team for, for years. I'm curious your thoughts as we talk about your workforce and your team. 
are you a pro 100% remote person? Are you a pro, you know, hybrid? Where do you stand on the working and working situations? And so at the beginning, um, we were against remote. So against, because I've never worked like that. I had some past experience. We're very, yeah, very, 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 very bad. We acquired a company uh, some years ago and they were remote and the, uh, our company was uh, all, that, all the day at job. So it was making some conflicts and it was not really good. So at the beginning, when, started, when we started Stamp Call, it was, we had this in mind, okay? But, you know, again, you learn, you learn. And from that, you, you can take the decision. Um, we had some strikes as well in France. We are quite familiar with that. And, you know, we were asking people still to come. And I think here it was very stupid because, in fact, what we need from a team is just to have performance, to make it work, to make it good. We don't care, in fact. So finally, we started to see during COVID that some people needed to be coming each day and some just wanted to come two days. And I think, and now we have people that are fully remote. We have some people that are coming two days and there are people that are coming each day. So there is no conclusion here. The only thing that we can say that if you trust people and they do the work, it's fine. <laughs> they do whatever they want. <laughs> so of course, it's nice when we all meet, of course, but we have some team in, in US, we have some team in, in, in Europe as well that are not based in France. So, so for those ones, we don't see them often. So otherwise, for the ones that are just Living around the office, we try at least to have one meeting per uh, per week. But usually, the minimum is two days, and we didn't fix anything. We just say, guys, when we are on the Monday all together, it's nice, and I think there is pleasure for that. They, they need to to meet each other. Otherwise, I think we are very open of letting them finding the right rhythm. Uh, because if they are living at one hour transportation, there is no meaning for them to do two hours if finally they can take this time for them. So. We have been changing quite a lot because of the context, but I think because of finally making the team happy working like that. So I, I believe we just have to listen and just, uh, yes, follow what's happening. So there is no, we are not going to come back to full people at the office. That's definitely sure. Man, I absolutely, I, I just... Yeah, I am so intrigued by the conversation uh, and the thought process of being a founder and having that like we've never done remote and now we are kind of pushed into it. And now, you know, finding the balance and really finding like the I guess you would say the guidelines and, and the barriers of like, OK, this is acceptable. This is not, you know, people can't go remote and then just not do the work. And and so having that conversation and just figuring that out uh, is really tough. And just just kind of hearing your thought process through that, you can tell that it's a tough decision. It's not like an easy thing that you guys obviously mm. didn't, you know, sit down one morning and just say, hey, this is going to happen. This is how it's going to be. It's something that you guys really worked on over time. And so um, I'm going to change gears just a little bit, but we're going to go back into the CX world and talk okay. a little bit about... Um, See the impact that Snapcall has on CX, but the impact overall that you feel uh, that you have on CX. And so I want you to tell me a little bit about just how you, what your favorite things are when you're working with a company uh, that you're either onboarding to Snapcall or you're improving their customer experience um, or just your favorite thing as you start working with a new business. Because I know you're so heavily involved in some of that onboarding process, which is super rare uh, as a founder to still be involved 
involved in this, but it's super cool to just see how open you are to um, these businesses and having, you know, your, you know, remote doors open, let's say, but uh, tell me about your favorite things as you start working with the new company. I, 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 it's always about uh, human. Our customer experience is about human. Okay, how you create relations with people. So, I mean, if you build some tools that are really make sure that it's going to be even more humor, human. So you have to f- to follow the value of your product as well. Because if you have a product and if, uh, and that makes a video call, and finally you don't want to reach your customer, it means that there is a disconnect between your product and what uh, what you are doing on the day to day. So I I really believe that what is important is to make sure that, uh, and especially when you build a product, that it's fitting uh, to the company that's going to buy it. But of course, you, what is important as well is to, to, to really connect with the people and see how you can help them to uh, resolve their, their issue or, or improve uh, their performance. So I, I really believe connecting makes us a very, uh, very good in, in following what's happening on the onboarding. But of course, Again, it's it's uh, for us what is easy as well is to meet uh, meet people and meet those customers and and they, we we get a lot of ideas and especially when you're a startup and you're building your product, what's happening? Most of the time, half of the features are coming from customer discussions. And if you start building your product by your own and you say, "Yes, I'm the best. I have a good idea about customer experience," and two years later you make your product and finally it's a disaster. It's just riding alone. What we have been learning and we have been pivoting and everything is because, you know, we are just listening to our customers. So I, I, I really believe that, of course, it's very good to onboard customers. That's one thing because we have to provide the service and make sure that everything works well. But on the other side as well, we are getting a lot of feedback. And when you have companies with 10 agents, uh, 20, 30, uh, you know, or 100, it's not the same story. And in different industries. So, you know, sometimes you are really good in solving some issues in some industries and you say, okay, on this industry, you are good. So let's go for it. And let, let's see how you can bring it, uh, bring your product even more further. So I, I really believe that listening your your customer is one big, let's say, step for making your product the most compelling product on the market. And yeah, of course, I would, I could suggest it's just to help my customer, but it's to help us as well. So it's, you know, it's a bit selfish as well. <laughs> hey, that's, that's the market that we live in. So mm. I think, uh, you know, you get rewarded for the value that you bring inside of the market. And I think that's a incredible conversation as well. And so uh, staying along those lines, I think, as you're a founder and have built this, you know, incredible value to people, is there anything that if you could go back and start over again, if, is there anything that you would have changed when you first started or now that you know things now you would have done differently at the beginning? Yeah. So many, you know, when you're founders, uh, yeah. <laughs> Look, this is a funny discussion. It's like, Sometimes you say, but why? I, I took five years to, to reach that point. And finally you say, yeah, but the last two years were so great and we, we did that. So finally, if I started two years before, most probably uh, I could be that stage. Yes, there, you are learning a lot. And, you know, there is one thing that I was not really understanding at the beginning, but now I understand. You know, usually repeat funders are going very fast and usually they can get even more money on the market because 
because they have done already. They have done. They have. Uh, they have went some difficult difficult paths like uh, how to build marketing automation and everything. You know, something that at the beginning you don't even know, and you try to do it by yourself because you can't you can't pay the right people to do it. So, I I really believe that uh, for example, we we started with a too much technical approach. We say, okay, we have a right technology, we have a right platform, and it was very nice. So we were very, very focused on technology, but we were not focusing on product. It took us too much time to hire our CPO. This is a big mistake. <laughs> He's going probably to, to see <laughs> the, the video, but this was a big mistake because first, you don't start with a technology, you start with a product, with, with a need. And after you, you make a product and after you see the technology, I think this is a Big mistake we did at the beginning, but on the other hand, we we built something. We have built a strong platform. So you know, this was a, uh, one 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 mistake. I believe we could have been getting going faster. But of course, as well, I would say that when COVID happened, COVID happened, we could have stayed on our position, and we were not. If we were not going to move, we would be dying most probably. So on the other hand, we have been able to, to change direction when it was a time to, to change and we did it very fastly so I don't know what uh, but it's sure that there is many things that I would have done and it's still still today I say yeah why and this I could have done faster and we could have reached this target uh, earlier but again you know it's there is plus minus and uh, at the end of the day one thing is important is to achieve your goal and to make them uh, work at the end of the day so at the end we're uh, we are here, we have a nice product, we have nice customers, and we are growing. So at the end of the day, yes, most probably I think that we could have win two years. It's my perception, but perhaps not, and perhaps we could have been dying as well. So <laughs> sure. let's be positive. We are there, and it's, it's, it's the most important. Yeah, so so cool. Uh, again, to just hear the insight and the thought process of, yeah, we could have done it faster if we only knew this, but you know, maybe you wouldn't have done that within that amount of time. And and so, just an interesting conversation there. But um, if you had, you know, it, I, I asked if you could change anything at the beginning of your business, but if you are giving one piece of advice, let's say, to a founder today uh, inside of the CX world specifically um, that either has a technology or a service or they're trying to provide value to a business, you know, what's your one piece of advice you would give them if they're just starting their business up? I, I, I believe that the first thing, and if it goes to customer experience, uh, Phil, to talk to maximum uh, of people uh, involved on this field, uh, going to uh, to customer, to people using each day and understand what they are and their issue and understanding how you could resolve them. Spend time, listen people, listen and listen people. Because finally, in fact, in fa the day you understand how you can, what what is important for them and how you could be solving it, the rest is just execution. So going, expand your network, Usually people say, yeah, I don't want to talk about my idea because somebody is going to steal it. But that's never, never works. Okay. That the execution is, uh, <laughs> is taking too much energy that, uh, <laughs> sure. so I, I, I really believe that you can share your idea. You can pitch it and you see if people are reacting very well. And, uh, from this standpoint, you know, you, you see if one customer say yes and second say yes. And, you know, but they are objective. They are. Yeah, of course, I never do with your family because your family and your friend, usually they're not objectives. They can tell you, yeah, it's great, it's nice. But you, if you go for three years building your product and finally you have only your friend, 
it, it's nice, but it's not it's not sufficient enough. So I believe that yes, taking the time, having the chance to connect with people, that they will tell you what they think, and uh, you can re- already in any case, this will be your future customer. That that's definitely sure. So this we didn't do it. <laughs> so I would do that if I was starting again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Uh, talking to you about networking and you brought up networking there of, you know, finding the people that can kind of get uh, you help where you need it and uh, potentially be either clients or work in the same business or even just be uh, partners uh, in, in some capacity. Uh, tell me about the the struggle or talk to me about uh, being international. You guys are a French company, correct? And so yeah. you guys, I know you travel a lot. And so tell me about how that works. I know you were just stateside here in the United States, but um, how is being a French-based company either helped you or potentially hindered you in the global marketplace? And, you know, it not that you're, you can change it, but, you know, tell me about just being international and how that works for your business inside of technology. Because you're right. When we are French, you mainly speak French. So, you know, for us, it's not easy to go to U.S. So, in fact, it's a big change. Uh, when you look at, at your go-to market, your, your go-to market is going to help you achieve those goals. So either you start to put a lot of money and you go and you have a team in the US and, uh, and they go for sales and everything. But, you know, it's, it's a hard, hard game because you don't even know some people in, in US that are going to represent you and you, you are building the product in France with eight, nine hours difference. It, it's a big challenge. It's not easy for the team you are hire. It's not, uh, uh, good for for it's not easy for the team in France. So usually, it's hard play. So finally, what we did, uh, because sixty percent of our uh, customers are based in, in US, we we did the following. Uh, today, you can buy our products through Zendesk, Live Chat, Intercom, and Customer. It means that those platforms are well, uh, let's say, distributed in US. So. We are on their marketplace. What's happening? If they are installed with in US, they will go to the marketplace and they say, oh, I want video. Okay, now cool. And we started to do like that. So we didn't really invest in sales over there. We mainly uh, get the help of our partners to get those customers in US. And of course, uh, of course, we have teams now in, uh, in US, but... But usually the entry door for us is not to call and say, yes, we are Snapcall and uh, you, you should try our product. It's mainly how, in a way, we are selling to our partners. So our partners makes us known wherever they are. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a way of going to the market. We found it more, uh, uh, more right for us because we are more a tech company, let's say, than a sales company. And finally, it's working well because if you go and you start to build good relation with the platform, after they just push your product because there is a value behind it. So are we going to be big in US? Uh, I would like to work in, in US, but in fact, if you see uh, the economic uh, behind that, it seems that the way we are organized works very well with the product team and dev team here in France. And let's say working with our partner to make, let's say, more partnership agreements. So like that, we can go to the market very, you know, we have customer in Korea, we have some customer in US. And, you know, if I had to invest everywhere, we had some customer, most probably I would be bankrupt. So yeah, it, it's a way we, <laughs> we, we decided to, to go. 
Yeah, the, again, super interesting. Just your thoughts of how to go to market and uh, making sure that you know you guys are still profitable and stable in, in that way, and not always focusing on you know foreign markets potentially that aren't as fruitful. So uh, we're going to have one last question here, and we always end uh, the Outpace podcast with a CX pro tip of the day. Uh, Arnold, give us your CX pro tip of the day and uh, something that you want to leave the Outpace audience with. Okay, I, I'm thinking about um, yeah something that we're putting on the market. So I'm I'm very I I I'm really pushing that. It's how let's say people will be using you know customer support like uh, giving their 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 let's say their video or filming what I've said before and sending to the to to, to the company. I I really want to see how this will be powerful. So. We are trying it at the moment. We have very good results, but you know, I, I really want to see how this is going to affect, let's say, the way uh, how customer is going to to interact with with uh, with company, how fast it's going to be. So the, the pro tip, let's say, is how we are going to let's say even make the life easier between customer and and companies. This is really. Uh, something and whatever it's video, whatever it's really how the journey from the customer to the company and making value out of it is going to be stronger and stronger. So, uh, of course, we talk about AI as well. How AI is going to perform that? So, how video, how other tools? So, this is. I think we have to focus now on more and more on how we are going to make a very strong difference in terms of product, people, how to serve better customers. So I, I don't know, it's not a clear pro tip, but it's just an, an idea where, let's say, um, CX managers uh, are always, have to always look uh, to improve and improve and improve. And it's a hard job for them. It's a hard job because why well, you have to manage people, you have to ma- manage technology, you have to follow the trend, you have to understand what customer wants from you. So I, I really believe those jobs are really, really hard. And us, uh, we have to bring the right technology to make sure that they can achieve their goal and they are happy to deliver the service their customer expect. So yeah, it's how we can help them and how we can find the right tools. And sometimes it's not going to be our tools, but this is really looking at this journey, how we can we can improve it better. I love it. Uh, that's a great uh, pro tip. I think mine is kind of backpacking off of that, uh, not only tooling, but uh, workforce management specifically. And I've seen a lot of struggles in the past, not only for our company, um, but different companies struggle with workforce management and answering customers on time, having timely media and close times and and uh, things of those natures that really impact SLAs. And so my pro tip of the day is uh, to use a workforce management system and spend the money on a workforce management system that is right for you. Uh, I do recommend Playvox, which is a great company that helps us with coaching, QA, and workforce management. And so we can package it all in one. Um, But there are many other companies that do a great job workforce management wise that you can use. Uh, But just making sure that you're answering the amount of tickets that are coming in. Oftentimes you Mm -hmm. go to your time slots and when people are working and you see that people aren't working during those times. And so, you know, it's a pretty simple, here's the problems coming in and here's where we need to solve them. Uh, And to do do that, you need those systems in place. And so that's my CX pro tip of the day is make sure you have your workforce management in order. Uh, Arnaud, thank you so much again for joining us. Uh, it's been fantastic. I think that people are going to get a ton of value out of this. Um, can you plug Snapcall anywhere that we can find you or people can find you listening to uh, this podcast? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, we, we can push it on, on, on LinkedIn, social network. We can find it on our uh, website if you want. It would be so, so nice. We can push it to our partners as well. They will be happy because, you know, they are part of this industry. So, yeah, with pleasure. And uh, again, thanks a lot for this discussion, uh, Clayton. You, you know, this puts us a bit out of our day-to-day activity. And uh, and that's sure. cool because we, we, we talk with people using technology, uh, managing people on this industry. So thanks for your time as well. It was a pleasure. Awesome. Yep. For anybody listening, we'll have the links in the bio to Snapcall and you can go enjoy some demos there. And uh, if you're lucky, you'll get to speak to Arnaud in a uh, de- live demo. But thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next week.